Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon. We are recording this uh, right after a lot of good news, actually. It is Anything. a golden Nate, day, Jay. A it's golden a golden day. day. We Canada is home to the best women's soccer team. They're home to the best decathlete, home to the best 200-meter runner, home to, oh, right, the best NBA executive in Masai Ujiri for several more years. Guys, it's so good to be on here talking with you and to celebrate this day because it the, the week didn't start off that great. But here we are. Dre, how you man, how you doing, man? Well, we've got some sad stuff to think about as well, but uh, a lot of good. A lot of good to talk about. So this is gonna be a huge roller coaster of emotions. Jay, how are you doing? Oh man, it is good to talk to you guys. It's good to talk about Raptors. It's good to talk about sports in general. I gotta say, before we kick it off, man, again, like you said, Jay, uh, we just a few hours uh, since we're recording this a few hours past when the Team Canada Women's Soccer won gold in Tokyo 2021. So congratulations to them. My God, that was that was striking. It goes into penalty shots. I was nerve wracked. And I don't know how I people can watch soccer on the regular. I you. There's no way. It, it was it was nerve wracking. I can't you can't do that to us at eight a.m. in the morning. Come on, girls. But congratulations to them. Congratulations to every single athlete that is representing Canada and in, in the Olympics. I mean, whoever says that, like you know, these are amateur athletes. Dear Lord, no way. These these people are, are amazing athletes, and they are the peak of their performance. But okay, before we do that, my God, our ta- our our schedule is. There's so much, so let's get started. Welcome to That's Rap Podcast, a podcast by fans, for fans, and for Raptor fans in general. We got some good news. I know it was a little glim in the beginning. We got some good news uh, for for the Raptors. But okay, can, we, can I just say, can I just ask you guys one quick question? So, because I have Olympics all in my mind. Olympics are, going, are, are still going on right now. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, this is a fun question. If you were an Olympian, if you had... Uh, the the means to train every day uh, to go to these Olympic Games. Is there a certain sport that you feel like you would be really good at outside of probably basketball? Because I feel like we'll all be pretty good at basketball. But like, is there any sport, uh, winter or summer, that you think that you would be good at if you were an Olympian? Yes, I don't know what it is. I did a lot of swimming when I was younger. I did a lot of lessons. Oh. My my flutter kick wasn't very good, so. Front crawl, back crawl, that just wasn't in the cards. My my butterfly was okay, but I have a mean whip kick, and overall my breaststroke is fantastic. You know, nice. if I had to pick, um, I'll never forget one of the last things I had to do in terms of like my my swimming lessons. I was just shy of like the you know the bronze crosses and stuff. I never continued after that. One of the things was an endurance test, like swim for like. 50 laps Mm -hmm. it wasn't an olympic size pool mind you i could do it and i remember doing it on the regular once i learned that i could do it and with the whip kick and like the breaststroke and stuff i would have to do that i think like it's one of those things where i can only wonder what if if um if i really spent all the hours doing it maybe that could have been my calling any other olympic sport i'd look like a damn idiot but that's like the one that i feel like i could have done really well 
Man, we have a low-key Aquaman on our team, man. That's crazy. I never knew that you would be a, such a good swimmer. I don't good. know if I'd be. I don't know if I'd actually be an Olympic swimmer. But like, if you're asking hypothetically, that would be the one thing. Yeah, that would be your sport going into I, the. Tree, for damn sure, could not do the 100 meter sprint. I think I'd die after five. I think I, I think I'd like collapse or like an artery failure. Like, you, you do realize you'd have to shave off all your your hair, right? Like that's. That's kind of a thing for all these these swimmers, you know. Wear a shark oh, yeah. More aerodynamic. I have no idea what those are called. Oh, like the, the swim caps? caps? Yeah, swim the cap. swim caps. Well, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I've got a receding hairline, so would I naturally have a <laughs> swim caps? So, I mean, anyway, enough enough about me and my, uh, you know, my my swimming and stuff. Uh, Jay, what about you? What would you do? Yeah, Jay, what, what I don't know. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with handball. Like I've never played it in my handball. life. It looks like it's fun, man. Is handball it, a part of the, the Yeah, it is. It is, man. It it's is. For like the it's last like, as long as I can remember. Yeah. And it's like the, the the best countries are never North American, so like we totally fly under the radar, but I'd go with handball cuz like I don't know, you're just whipping around a a, a tennis ball and and trying to score in that. That looks fun to me. Again, never never played before and I'm probably totally um, you know, underestimating how difficult of a sport it is, but the reason why I think I do okay with that is because, well, A, I'm ambidextrous, so I can throw with both hands. Okay. I feel like that kind of trickery can really throw you off. And and B, I want you guys to listen to something. Listen to this. Do you hear That's that noise? One, one hand clapping. That's the sound of one hand clapping. I got long <laughs> fingers. And I think, again, I think that is useful for a sport like handball. So yeah. Thank you, I'm going to go with handball. So. Yeah. I, I appreciate that sound clip right there, man. <laughs> oh man okay well so we got a swimmer we got a handball olympian if i could choose one uh i would go with shock put uh mm. oh that would be dope i'm i'm definitely a bigger body and i'm not saying that like smaller bodies aren't because i feel like there's a lot of technique when it comes to uh shock putting but that looks like a lot of fun for me. This I'm not gonna lie; to I immediately can picture you shot putting. Like, thank you, I appreciate. Yeah, it. I can, I can totally see it. Did you ever shot partake putting. in any of that at Saint Augustine? I did, I did. I, I think I did shot putting. Really? Definitely wasn't as big as I am then <laughs> as I am now. But I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. If there was any, like, I couldn't do any of the high jump or the long jump or even like. Oh God, no. But that shot putting, man, that was fun. I just like the fact that I can like throw something heavy as far as I can. Like, come on, that's a that's an amazing, it's an amazing sport right there. Yeah, that, that would be fetching. Yeah, high jump. I, I think I, I was always scared of like skewering myself because like I can't jump <laughs> worth a damn. But like shot putting, yeah. that would that would be so rewarding. I think shot putting. I feel like the the coolest sport I is uh, pole jumping. Is that where it's oh, like pole vaulting? Pole, pole vaulting. Pole vaulting. Yeah. That, that shit looks cool, man. Wow. That looks frightening yep. if you scooter. If you like, yeah, you like impale yourself on the way down. <laughs> oh, no, I don't love it. Yeah, I like if I don't, if I don't run up with enough power, do you just go up and then fall backward into the ground? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd be afraid of that. Final destination shit right there, man. <laughs> That's a fun question. All right. Well, hey, Raptors fans, let us know what kind of sport would you want to participate in, in the Olympics? Obviously, these these Olympians are far far high peak than we are but it's kind of fun to think about what sport to play okay yeah we buried the lead here let's let's get to the juicy part before people get angry that we're talking about hockey or something 
<laughs> we're not that that's reserved for the winter olympics so today we're going to talk about field hockey we actually if you sign up to our patreon we only talk about hockey <laughs> our, our patronizing patreon anyway let's continue <laughs> okay raptors let's talk about some raptors man as i said it was a little glim when it came to the beginning of free agency. I know we're going to talk about this later, but you know the greatest of all, the greatest raptor of all time, is moving his talents to South Beach. We kind of saw that coming, and then we got you know we signed Sam Decker, which is a whole old uh, another story. But finally, we got some good news. The biggest news, and I would argue, and I don't know about you guys, I'm pretty sure you agree with me, but the biggest free agent in the NBA. Outside of players, outside of GMs, outside of organizations, all encumbersome. The biggest free agent in NBA, Masai Ujiri, is staying with the Toronto Raptors. Guys, I don't know about you, but I am damn happy about that. Per Woj, he is signing a significant new deal to become vice chairman and president of the Toronto Raptors. Now, Jay, you got you to gotta bring this down with me, man. I know that he was the president of the Toronto Raptors, but vice chairman, that's a little new to me. Does that mean that he's part of the MLSE? I don't know if that necessarily means he's part of, uh, if he has an expanded role outside of the Raptors that that are is, is say, part of MLSE. Because in a nutshell, he is actually part of MLSE, right? But um, my understanding of, of what his new role will entail is that a lot of it will have to do with outside of the Raptors, but within the NBA universe, let's say. So a lot more things around... Um, uh, race equality and uh he's he is you know there's nothing is changing with what he's doing with giants of africa he's still a, a huge huge participant and and an executive in, in that front but he is doing more stuff on the philanthropy side um as it pertains to the nba and uh that's that's generally what, what that means um it also is assumed to mean that he has even more power in terms of w- the direction that the Raptors are going and making sure that he has everything at his disposable to make it happen. So I, I like to think of it as, um, let's say you are a hiring manager and you need approval from your boss to hire a specific employee. I like to think of it as he is both of those. He doesn't have to ask for any permission and he can even bring in some extra resources to make sure that that specific hire happens. Like he's, he's got just a bit more power than he used to have as if that was possible, but then again, he's earned it. Right. So again, that's a very loose interpretation there um, of, of what I think that his vice chairman role will include. But we're still waiting on, on actual details on, on what yeah. it entails. Yeah, because we don't intention, we don't really know exactly what the long ex- extended, uh, you know, how long this tenure is going to be. We're hoping like more than three or up to five or maybe more because I think contracts when it comes to presidents and, and GM roles and now vice chairman, I feel like those go on for more than what players. Are. I mean, like when a player signs for three years, that's a long time, right? But when the general manager signs, it's probably around like the five to seven years or something like that. So I'm assuming he's there for a while, man. Dre, what do you think about the signing? In one way, as good as it is that he has signed with us, it's almost better that he signed with us because he didn't sign with anybody else. He's been, for the longest time, the secret weapon, which has now been exposed since, you know, during the Damar Kyle years but especially during the championship run when everybody and and their grandma wanted this guy to represent their team. So 
it's fantastic that we secured him before anybody else did. And we've talked about it before. If he wasn't going to sign with us, he probably wouldn't have done uh, anything with anyone else. He probably would have just called it quits in the NBA. The fact that we don't only have him back, but he's going to be primarily in charge of like everything Raptors, it sounds like. That's very promising, especially because we're in what looks like a rebuild mode. So, you know, the next little bit might be rocky, but with him at the helm, in Masai Ujiri, we trust. Here's to another however X amount of years. I'm excited. Isn't it funny how, you know, we were talking about how this was the biggest free agent that was out there. And I've said this to you guys in the past several off seasons now, but take a look at the the Raptors track record when it comes to free agency. Two years ago, Kawhi Leonard was obviously the most sought after free agent. He was a Raptor. Last year, the most sought after free agent was Fred Van Vliet. This year, it's Kyle Lowry and Masai Ujiri. The, this front office is doing something right if the most sought after free agent continues to come from Toronto, right? So again, it's um, it's not the same as as bringing Kawhi back or, or being able to find ways to keep Lowry on this team. But Masai, you know, to, to Dre's point is, is even more important than any other signing that the Raptors could have made. So I yeah. am over the moon, happy and, and excited for the direction that this team is going to, going to have moving forward. Some of the top trades looking through the years from Masai, and I'm going to take this from our friends at Raptors Republic. You've got to start off with Bernie but anyway, let's continue. <laughs> That's true. You do have to start off with Bragnati. My God, uh, going to New York. Okay, June thirtieth, twenty fourteen, the Raptors trade for Lou Williams for John Salmons. June twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen, the Raptors receive the conditional twenty seventeen first round pick, which is OG Ananobi, as well as the pick to receive Norman Powell for. Grievous Vasquez. February 14, 2017, the Raptors received Serge Ibaka in exchange for Terrence Ross from the Orlando Magic. That one was great. And 2017 first round pick. And of course, July 18, 2018, the Raptors receiving a trade. Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, $5 million in exchange for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pearl, 2019 first round pick. To your point, Dre, um, per Woj, also, he says that Ujiri had been courted by several pro franchises beyond the NBA boundaries, which means that, uh, thank goodness, it wasn't just another NBA team that he went to. He stayed here, but he was being talked to and asked permission to talk to from outside of the organization, outside the NBA, which is kind of what we thought of, too. Uh, you know, of course, with his um, Basketball Without Borders, uh, Giants of Africa. Uh, but we don't know Messi what... was basically asking, can you get something figured out with Barcelona? But that didn't mm-hmm. work out. <laughs> I, could, I, could 100, I could 100% see you, Jerry, take over a, a club in, in Europe. That'd be amazing. But I, I think throughout this whole year, and we were talking about what Ujiri was going to do and hoping to sign with the Raptors. But if he didn't, it was most likely going to be outside the NBA, you know, being even into, you know, going to the office. We, we have no idea. But the fact that he's here means a whole, uh, I guess, you know what, like pun intended, a Maasai, a sigh of relief. And I want to know what you guys think is next. For the Raptors, I have a really big idea, and I want to share it with you guys too. But I want to see what you guys think will be the next step for the Raptors, knowing that Masai Ujiri is staying on the on the route. 
That's actually that's a great question because I don't I don't know how to answer it. Right. I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. The, the the one thing that the Raptors have never really done and this past season was the closest they came to it is tanking. They never officially tanked. It was <laughs> just more of a, you know what, we're in a really horrible situation here in Tampa and we are out of a playoff spot. We are not going to go anywhere. Let's just rest our guys for the rest of the season. And I, I guess I, what I'm defining does sound like tanking, but you know, if you've seen the history of other teams who have tanked, it t- a it typically doesn't work, and b it typically lasts for more than one season. Take a look at the OKC Thunder, um, but that's not what the Raptors are doing. It really is a quick dip into you know the the high lottery picks and then back up into a playoff position, which is what I expect the Raptors will be next season. So, um, in terms of directions, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if if he's able to pull off some sort of a major trade. He's always managed to stay flexible with the contracts that he's got but um this team is going to be competitive and they 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 managed to toe the line between being competitive and rebuilding at the same time so um you know it's kind of a kind of a throwaway answer here but i don't see this as a rebuilding team and i don't see this as a team that is you know going to be a championship contender yet but it's going to be a competitive team nonetheless and you know the the roster that's been constructed is extremely versatile defensively and i think that uh, they're going to surprise some folks with how they perform this year because i think everyone gets caught up in the scoring right and who's who's going to be and and the raptors are going to struggle offensively and I, I know that but like if you have the defensive versatility that the raptors do right now like you can stop anyone and shouldn't that be enough to to win a few ball games more than you was expected so Again, excited for what this season is is, is what's going to happen this season. But I also am glad that with Masai on board for the next few years, that there are bigger things on the horizon that none of us can really predict, but positive nonetheless. Right, right. The, the, I mean, if you think about it, Jay, the last two teams that were standing, which was or this year, which was uh, Milwaukee and the Phoenix Suns, those were the top two defensive teams in the NBA. So defense wins championships. And I think Masai and Bobby and the Raptors organization understand by, you know, by even drafting somebody like Scotty Barnes, you have OG Siakam and Scotty Barnes that I believe Josh Lundberg said something about like, like a, I don't know, 26 or foot wingspan or 29 foot wingspan or something. That's that's incredible. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, so a defense definitely wins championships. So uh, Dre, what about you, man? What do you think like the future holds when it comes to knowing that Masai is still going to be here? Well, I've got to agree with Jay. I don't think Masai has ever been a thinking type of person. He would obviously acknowledge a problem and try to quickly resolve it. Uh, first off, we we forgot to discuss some other fantastic news. Uh, Aaron Baines has been waived. That's it. Um, <laughs> brilliant news, amazing news. Bring that up eventually, like the, the the greatest news. So obviously, what they're doing is, um, you know, they're they're hanging on. And we'll we'll discuss this more when we get into Lowry. Um, they're hanging on to Goran Dragic for a reason, and we're trying to figure out why. Like, who are they trying to get? You know, there's still time. I feel like they're cooking up something, and even if they don't. They're going to try and do something throughout the year. So I always feel like he's always thinking. He's not like a Dolan who's like, well, we're getting our tickets sold. We're doing we're doing just fine. I feel like Masai is always thinking. He's always trying to figure out what can we do even better. 
Like we got Kawhi and Danny Green. We were we were killing it. But still he was like, What can we do even better? And then we got Marcus Salt. So he's always switched on. And because of that, I can't I can't really tell you what he's thinking. If if, if I could, I'd be a multi millionaire GM right now, the youngest in the league. Cause that's that's what he is. He's like this great mind that obviously everybody everybody covets. They like they they want Masai. And that's a big reason why it's so great that we do have him. So now that we have him, what is he gonna do? Mm-hmm. I feel like he's gonna you know, to at least provide an answer, he's gonna try and figure out that that forward position. With Lowry gone, he's obviously acknowledged that we do have a promising backcourt. Um a lot of young guns, so with a veteran presence in, in Drogic now, I, I don't think we've settled yet. I think there's still going to be some big moves. So it's also hard to say on that front. But either way, I'm excited for what the, the future holds with, with Messiah and the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on, some breaking news. Uh, Chris Haynes, uh, at Chris, Hain- Chris B. Haynes has said that Kawhi Leonard has decided to re-sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. So there wait, wait, is Clippers, Clippers, Clippers. Don't but, don't be scaring people with that Lakers stuff. <laughs> did I say Lakers? My bad. You said Lakers. <laughs> you said Lakers. I was like, what in the hell? Chris, that's no surprise though. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. Chris Haynes, confirmed now. Uh, he is resigning with the Los Angeles Clippers. Sorry, Lakers fans. So you guys have enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. What man? Those those signings there too. Um, when it comes to Masai, man, I, I'll, I'll second both of you. The sigh of relief that Raptor fans had after hearing that he's going to stay, he wants to stay in the video that they sent out or the Raptors PR sent out with like uh, the, the emotional, um, the music in the background and Masai saying like, you know, he loves being a leader in Canada and in Toronto. I hate the Knicks and I don't care. You know, and and F Brooklyn of course is in there. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's an incredible feeling knowing that Masai, someone like Masai and his caliber and his representation, like, it's so good that he is the one who's leading this team still. And knowing that he's here for a while, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that he is in talks with the WNBA to bring a Toronto team. Please, I, that would be amazing. Love that. And I, I just feel like that has to be in the works, right? His first, one of his first priorities was to have a NBA G League team uh, in close proximity to, to, to Toronto. And they, he did that with, with the 905. He did that easily with the 905. And now I feel like with the, the trend when it comes to uh, basketball and, and the Canadian women's basketball team and how good they are and how, you know, how much representation that he provides throughout his, uh, his, uh, his own like office, I feel like that's the, that's the next step. You got to get a Toronto, uh, Toronto WNBA team here. It, yeah. That would be, be amazing. Okay. So, yeah. That's Masai, and that's the good news, all right? But we do have to talk about some, not I don't know, some Sommers. I feel like we kind of had this, we saw this coming months in advance. Even, Jay, you said, you know, months in advance, but it still sings. The greatest Raptor of all time is bringing his, is taking his talents to South Beach. Kyle Lowry is agreeing to sign, do a sign-and-trade with the Miami Heat. We still don't know what... The details are we don't we have an idea of who may be coming back, but regardless, the growth 
is not going to wear a Raptors jersey. He is still going to wear red and probably some weird Vice City rainbow color, but he's going to Miami. Guys, what did you think when you saw this happen? Again, we all expected it. We expected it like three different times the last season. True. Whether it yeah. was, you know, at the start of the season, the trade deadline, the end of the season, I think it was like one other time. Um, we expected this. It's still sad. Uh, it's worrisome because now we don't have the floor general anymore. But I know they underperformed in the playoffs last year, but I really like this grid and grind Miami Heat team. They remind me a lot about what the Raptors stand for. The defensive presence, the uh, again, the, the the very uh, you know physical play, whatever it takes, the underdog side of things. I mean, then he got Tyler Hero, who's just like you know bricking. But hey, I mean that's okay. I feel like he can work on his shot. I feel like that's the type of playmaking that Jimmy Butler can't do single handedly, and Kyle Lowry would be able to help that Heat team. It's it's very sad that we lost Kyle Lowry, but that Heat team. They could go really far, and I'd like to see them go very far because I love Jimmy, I love Bam, Spolstra. I really, I, I really do like that team. I like Dragic as well, which is sad for the Heat that he's gone. But if we do keep him, it's kind of good for us. I don't know if we'll get very far with him, but I love his work ethic. I love his game. I wouldn't mind having him on the team again. I don't know how much he's going to benefit us, but I like him. Period. So, who knows what that means? And as, as for Kyle Lowry, I guess some, some final thoughts. Um, he helped us win a championship. Anybody who thinks it was all just Kawhi is, is delusional. He helped us win a championship. He's a fantastic playmaker, fantastic defensive point guard, fantastic with the three, just a fantastic player in general. And I feel like now that he's on another team, after the Raptors years, because the previous two years he wasn't respected as much as he should be. After the Raptors years, he's going to get his dues. He's going to now be considered like one of the great point guards of our time. Everything it's going to happen because now he's on the Heat. And you know what? For his legacy, the guy deserves it. He deserves to be talked about like this, and no longer just the disrespected guy from Toronto that nobody ever brings up outside of like you know um, all NBAs or all star games and stuff. Let him get his dues. Let him retire with a championship contender. Let him do well. He's earned it. He didn't burn us. Godspeed, Kyle Lowry. I hope you do really well in Miami. Yeah, you know, the, the departure of, of Lowry, and you know, we've, we've got time later in this episode and, and in subsequent podcasts to talk about, you know, our thoughts on the different teams. But uh, this is, for me, this is this part's all about Lowry. And, you know, even though we've had months to to prepare for this, it still sucks. It really does suck that he's no longer a Raptor. But there's something that you said that I am going to um, add to. And you said that he was a fantastic playmaker. And that's true in every sense of the word because he was a fantastic playmaker on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And all of the different things that he did, like the different community or, or nonprofit um, activities that he did would, would help basketball and and all the different communities outside of Scotiabank Arena, but within Toronto and Canada and even in, in Philadelphia. It was, was great to see. And he's a fantastic playmaker to his teammates, again, off the court, right? You know, he was quoted earlier this year saying that he just, he just wants to get all of his big men paid, right? And look, 
Ken Burch just got paid. He even credited Lowry for that. He, uh, you know, in his press conference today, which is actually happening right now, um, where he's he's officially signed to to play with the Raptors for another three years. He does give credit to Lowry that he helped him get paid. He also, and, and this is a side note here, he also said that uh, his mom, Wendy Sparks, who's also got her own podcast, and we love it, uh, and Kyle Lowry's mom are friends. So I'm kind of thinking the, the torch has been passed from one Raptors mom to another. And I feel like uh, Wendy Sparks is going to be our new favorite <laughs> Raptors mom there. But that's on, that's an aside. That's an aside. Um, you know, bring, <laughs> bringing it back, bringing it back to Lowry though. Uh, you know, and his his fantastic playmaking ability is is that you know he's he's mentored Fred Van Vliet to be the next leader, and I think that there is no question on who that leader is right now. We know that it is you know Fred Van Vliet who's taken over the mantle, and he did that all through last season. So that torch has been successfully passed and you know the, even as that that locker room present he's passed that along to fred van vliet right and i, I look at how the growth of, of malachi flynn and you know we, we we were harping on this last week and and right after the draft that oh it sucks that i'm not not us specifically but a lot of fans are like it sucks that the raptors didn't get um Jalen sucks you didn't get Jalen Suggs, but you know what? We have someone in Malachi Flynn who can, who is still developing into uh, a better offensive version than Fred Van Vliet, a la Jalen Suggs, and someone with the defensive versatility that Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry offer. So I think that Malachi Flynn's been getting the the short end of the stick here, but I like the flying under the radarness of him. So, um, and again, I'm I'm going to attribute that to Kyle Lowry and and you know sharing his knowledge and helping these guys grow, right? And it, I can give you story after story about how Lowry has helped every single teammate. And I think that's going to be his legacy that what he's, he's brought to the team. And then if we look at it on a macro level, how he's helped the outlook of playing basketball in Toronto, and that has changed. And I'll attribute most of that to Lowry, a good chunk of that to Masai Ujiri as well. But like, take a look at draft night and look at how excited all of those guys were at being drafted by the Raptors. You weren't seeing that before. You were you were getting like the the casual, you know, uh, fist pump and, and maybe a little bit of excitement. But these guys were genuinely excited to play for the Raptors, and we've seen nothing but excitement and enthusiasm from those players ever since. And I attribute that to the culture that Masai Ujiri has built and the culture that Kyle Lowry has cultivated within that locker room. So mm-hmm. uh, I am definitely going to miss Kyle Lowry on this team, but I am. A hundred percent confident that he has passed the torch successfully to the players, and you know, in, in a larger sense, the fans even that his legacy will live on and that this team will survive without him. I think the the best part about Lowry's departure, um, knowing that this was going to happen, you know, months in advance, and we understand that this is the passing of the torch, and he is no longer one of the young guns but he is going to a very competitive team and when it comes to a trade i believe doug smith said it the best where kyle lowry is the one who left uns i guess unscathed like uh, where i guess the raptors uh, allowed or trade to kyle lowry and there was no animosity to it if you think about like demar Derozan trade you didn't demar felt like he was back uh, backstabbed or he blindsided and you think about of course the Vince Carter or Tracy McGrady and and 
uh, Chris Bosh, who who basically left with without without any of the sign in trade. He just left. But Kyle Lowry, this was like you. Were, we understand how much Kyle, or speaking of, on behalf of the Raptors, we understand how much Kyle was uh, to this organization, and we want to make good to you. And in order to do so, because this is still a business, we're hoping that you can do good to us, which means that Kyle probably didn't have he if he wanted one, I more money or or two, he just wanted to, to leave because, you know, he saw that no one was the Raptors weren't going to build around him anymore. He could have just left. He could have just boshed us. He could have just gone somewhere else and left us high and dry. But he understand that, hey, listen, I'm you you're going to help. Uh, I, I'll help you and you help me. And this is the first time that a trade happened or a player left uh, without being scathed. And that's the the legacy that Lowry leaves for Toronto is I, besides him being the greatest of uh, Raptor of all time stats wise. Like you said, Jay, I feel like he's one of the greatest Raptors of all time uh, outside of basketball too. So I'm so glad that he left and he, you know, he decided to go to another team on his own terms. I feel like if he were to be traded uh, back, you know, back in last season, I feel like it wouldn't have been as, I don't know, it would have hurt a little bit more because at this point, I feel like Lowry deserved to be placed on a team that has championship aspirations. And that's why I have no animosity with Kyle Lowry. I hope to, I, I, I seriously hope for the basketball gods to give him another chance for a ring because I feel like he will help Lowry, he would help Miami um, get close to another championship ring. And I think that Miami team is is crazy good. I mean, of course, you got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, but they also signed Markeith Morris, P.J. Tucker. They re-signed Victor Oladipo. Like, that team, if they're not going to score against you, they're going to bully you into giving them the ball and winning the basketball game. So, good on Kyle Lowry. We're going to do – we're definitely going to talk more Actually, can I, do, can I do two quick points? Two quick points. Go Two ahead. quick points, sorry, on, on what you just said. Um, Chris Bosch was actually signed and traded. Um, and while it, oh, it didn't yeah. make headlines because there weren't any players that came along, there were draft picks that Miami sent over. And one of those draft picks turned into Jonas Valanciunas. So it was actually not that bad if you think about the passing of the torch, right, from Bosch to mm-hmm. the, the Raptors' next big, big man, right? So, um, and then uh, one other point, you which fixed that for me, though. Because that, <laughs> I just I thought that, that that entire time I thought Bosch left us high and dry, so I'm glad he didn't. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a good segue into what this could lead to, right? And we've 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 been kind of peppering this in throughout this episode, but the Lowry trade, even though it's not official yet, it does appear to include Precious Achua, Goran Dragic, and at least one draft pick. There's also the possibility that Casey Okpala could be uh, included. There's also the possibility that Dragic could be offloaded to another team, possibly Dallas, and bringing back someone like a Dwight Powell. But until that's confirmed, we won't say so. But one thing is for certain, Precious Achua, who is, like, of all the players that have been listed here, he is for sure a Raptor. The biggest thing with him is he is 6'9", just like everyone else on the Raptors, apparently. I think that is the ninth different player that is six foot nine joining the Raptors. So the reason why I bring that up and the reason why that's important is that the mistake, uh, yeah, you know what I'm going to say? The mistake that the Raptors made last year was because they lost out in Ibaka and Gasol, they thought, okay, we're going to sign the two best centers left. And at the time it was Baines and Len, and that was a huge mistake. And 
the Raptors have learned from that mistake. They've said, you know what? We've missed out on Jared Allen. We've missed out on Rashawn Holmes. We're not going to make that same mistake and just sign whichever center is left. So that what they did do then is they said to themselves, what worked for us last year? You know what worked for the Raptors last year? Whenever they went small. And the Raptors have doubled down on that. Everyone they've drafted, everyone they've picked up are all 6'9". They're basically saying, we are doing small ball all year long. We don't, we're good. Like, we are set. So, you know. Either that or somebody in the Raptors front office has a very frat boy sense of humor. I mean. <laughs> we are the Toronto six foot nine Raptors. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's my, my long-winded way of saying that you know, I'm I'm happy with how Masai's handled this offseason. You know, despite the the threat of losing Lowry for free, I think he's he's done quite well to kind of recover from that. Again, pending whatever happens with the Goran Dragic deal. And and Dre, you've already alluded to this. Even if we ultimately end up keeping Dragic, he's a great floor general to have. I mean, that's one part that we were lacking on the team last year, and that was someone to attack the rim and that's what Goran Dragic does mm-hmm. uh, so you know I'm excited to see what what comes out of that deal officially but yeah mm-hmm. excited for this team altogether. again one final goodbye to Kyle Lowry but I'll be sure to we'll be sure to you know have the the ovations and the video montages and all the tears again when he revisits Scotiabank Arena I would think either on opening night or on Christmas Day yeah and uh, one last quick thing because everybody brought up, brought up his commitment he didn't want to play for the Raptors when he was first, you know, sent over here. Thank you for taking a chance on us, Kyle. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. He, I, I'm pretty sure he re-signed here twice, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Like two, two uh, three-year extensions. I mean, he wanted to play here. Like, I'm sure at the first two years, it it, it, it wasn't like that. But then he, as, as much as we took a chance on him, he took a chance on us. And I we appreciate him. Wholeheartedly, man. Wholeheartedly. Kyle Lowry, you are the greatest Raptor of all time. And I don't think that's going to change any time soon. Okay. Let's take, a, let's take a quick break. We have a lot more to talk about um, that might not, that may or might not have to do with the Raptors, actually. But let's take a break. Talk to you guys soon. forgot that Space Jam was out. Anyway, um, let's just get back to, to better basketball news. <laughs> hey man, okay, I watched Space Jam. It really wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I don't think it was as good as Space Jam 1, but 
it was pretty funny. That, I, I, I can't stand Space Jam 1, so I'm not expecting anything right. out of this. Okay, well, we won't talk about that, but welcome back to That's Rep Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. In the beginning of the segment, we talked about some Olympic talk. Again, congratulations to Team Canada Women's Soccer and all the Canadian athletes and all the athletes that are in, in Tokyo right now. My goodness, you make us look bad. Uh, but for the Raptors, He's stay, Masai Ujiri is staying, but someone else is leaving, which is Kyle Lowry. Let us know what you guys feel of that roller coaster free agency for the Toronto Raptors. But free agency isn't done. We don't even know what's going to happen with the Saturn trade with Kyle Lowry. We'll let you know if any breaking news comes around, but you most likely will hear about that from us next week. But let's go through some of the free agency signings that have happened so far. If you haven't seen it already, Jay with his organizational wizard has put together like every year uh he has put together conference by conference by uh division of who has gone where who has signed what and what uh, which team has drafted whom and which now, GMs are the worst and well i mean i'm pretty sure dolan is up in there but my goodness <laughs> all right let's let's talk about a couple a highlight and very uh, the one the Woj bombs, if you will. Um, Jay, you have this kind of outline we're looking at right now. Which one did you see that was kind of uh, the craziest or the most unexpected? Oh, there's a lot to dissect for that. Uh, I guess in terms of like just highlighting things that jumped out to me uh, with all of the different trades and signings and whatnot. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to chalk this up as as... I'm going to talk this up as probably the most surprising, and that's whatever the Chicago Bulls are doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were already of uh, you know even at the trade deadline when they traded for for Nikola Vucevic, it was it was a head scratcher because it was like this is a team that is outside of the playoff picture, not even in the play in form, like going to be in the play in game. Why would they make a win now move to get Nikola Vucevic when that's not what their biggest need was, right? They were just fine with Wendell Carter Jr. And and then they make this trade for Nikola and their, their defense goes down and their offense obviously goes up a bit. But like it, it was a weird move at the time. And now they've continued that route of head scratchers by throwing all this money at Lonzo Ball and the biggest surprise of all, DeMar DeRozan. So yeah. now... You've got a, a lineup of Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. So the three of them, you know, their their new trio name is DeZach Ball, just so you're all familiar. Uh, oh, no, sorry. DeBallZach is, is actually the DeBallZach. Uh, Which is exactly what their, 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 um, their win percentage might be. So, <laughs> Along with, again, the, the aforementioned Vucevic. So, like, what you're looking at here is a team that is essentially, and I've, I've made the joke to several group chats here, Lonzo Ball went from Pelicans West to Pelicans East. This team will be a very entertaining, but have zero to no defense. Like, their best defenders are, are Lonzo Ball and... Uh, newly signed Alex Caruso, who another head scratcher of Muveri. He's, he's, he's good, but uh, if I were him, I would have taken the pay cut and stayed with the Lakers. But anyways, a lot of surprising moves there from Chicago, and I'm not sure what to make of it. People will say that they are a playoff team. I will say no to that. Um, but that was a head scratcher for me. Um, guys, your thoughts on any of these moves? Uh, what, what jumped out to you, Dre? Uh, oh, in general or about the Bulls? Any Anyone, really. Anything. Um. The Bulls have certainly been the most active. You know, on paper, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. But the more I look at it, the more I'm like, 
maybe a little hesitant on how good they might actually be. Um, yeah, this could be Pelicans 2.0, like uh, from Lob City to, to Score Shitty. Like, there's basically like, <laughs> uh, you know, all flash, but like, you know, anybody who's like, oh man, why didn't the Pelicans perform well? I mean, it's pretty self explanatory why they didn't perform well. Like, it's just. So, if you just don't have the chemistry, but I'd like to think that that they would, but like uh, Zach's ISO, Demar's ISO, Alonzo uh, Elise has gotten better, you know, in terms of scoring and his playmaking is really good. Um, but then, yeah, like, is it like Vucevic like a playmaking big? Like, I, I, I no, I he's know. not. He's just a shooting big. He's a shooting big, but like, yeah, I guess that's true. But like, an, like an offensive big, he's not like. Where's the defense on this team? Is what I'm is basically what I'm. It's asking. it's non-existent. Is yeah, it? <laughs> like where's the defense on this team? Uh, is it uh, Caruso? Is he gonna finally become like uh, like Rudy Gobert 2.0? I'll uh, I'll be a shorter and and, and non Parisian like I I don't know. Um, none of these moves to me outside of like what the Heat have done, which and we've already discussed it. None of these moves to me scream. This was an amazing offseason for this team. However, then we get into the Los Angeles Lakers. Jason, take it away. Oof, bro. Uh, yeah, okay. So before I get into that, I, I feel like, yeah, the, the Valanciunas trade was probably the first one that was that, uh, Woj uh, threw out as a bomb. And I think that kind of led to everything else. Um, that Kemba Walker one is pretty fun because he's going back to his hometown. Um, so that's going to be a nice homecoming for him. Um, the funniest ones, I think, is probably the Andre Drummond to Philly. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> well, I forgot about that. And Andre Drummond do not like each other. You can go back to their Twitter uh, interactions. Those are, those are pretty bad. Um, but yes. Okay. So let's talk about the LA Lakers for a second. Uh, they lost out on Caruso, who I honestly think that he was like the glue guy uh, in all of this. But they traded uh, to Washington, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell for Russell Westbrook. Now, uh, we spoke about this last week. I know, um, uh, Dre, you weren't on it, but but Dre, Jay and I were just talking about how, and you, you already gave us the point, well, we spoke about the points that you've given us, how Westbrook is basically like the, the most inconsistent, possibly consistent person uh, out there. Like he could possibly win you a game, but also possibly lose you a game in any any given night. Yeah. So yeah. putting Westbrook out there with LeBron James as the AD, I mean, it, this obviously means that LeBron can take a little bit of a step back. Now, with all the other signings that they got, Trevor Reza, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, like all these guys are plus 30, plus 34. Like, I don't know how long you guys are going to be playing for. Of course, Marcus all still on there. But what I do like is the Malik Monk and the uh, Kent Basemore. Those guys can shoot uh, their way uh, into a game. So the LA Lakers, as you know, as funny as, as, you know, we can poke fun at them as much as we want. However, I do feel like they would, they, they're still pretty scary. It, in the West, you can't anybody with a LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and now Russell Westbrook. That's going to be a championship contender for sure. And of course, we'll have to talk about the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. I feel like the East just got crazier. I mean, 
like we said in the last portion, Kyle Lowry, Markeith Morris, PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler on Miami, and then you go to Chicago, Alonso, Demar, uh, Nikola Caruso now, uh, uh, Levine, Patrick Williams. Like those two teams, I I I don't think they're going to make too much noise, but I think at worst. Or maybe not. At best, it'd probably be like the five, six seed, maybe. Uh, but yeah, those are free agency is not even done yet. That's that's the crazy part. I I, I feel like there's going to be a lot more trades, a lot more moves. Um, we just again, we just signed Ken Birch. We don't know. I'm hoping. I know that Dre, you talked about how you know Gordon Dragic might be a good fit for us. I don't know. He's a little bit uh, uh, on the wrong end of thirty mm-hmm. and. And I don't know if he's going to play well out uh, behind Fred. And we drafting someone like Scotty Barnes, I feel like it shows the uh, trust that they ha- the front office has uh, for Malachi Flynn. So it, they they want to play Malachi as much as possible. Unless you know you're going to have a Malachi and Drogic backcourt, then for the, the the bench, then then maybe. But I don't know. In other words, I want to see. Uh, a Drogic move, and what I've heard is Dallas uh, wanting to do a little trade with with Toronto for Drogic, and I'm hoping, cross my fingers, Dwight Powell, because then we got the six foot nine, six foot nine, and from Canada. I don't know about you, that would be fantastic. Uh, Jay, was there any other uh, signings or trades that you thought were kind of out there? Uh, just, just an, uh, just another point on the whole, you know the. The old, the age of the the Lakers. If you were to divide that team into two, because um, right now they have about fourteen guys on on contract, and you divide them by age, the top seven, like if you put them in order of like oldest to youngest, and say that the top seven are the old guys and the bottom seven are the quote unquote younger guys, Russell Westbrook is part of the younger guys group because there are that many players older than him. So. Oh this is an old team, is, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, Russell so, Westbrook should not be part of the young guys on this team, but he is. Team? Average out the youngest team. I want to say it's probably New Orleans or Atlanta. No, I think it was Atlanta. It would be hilarious to watch an Atlanta versus LA like conference or, or finals yeah. because then they'll just run him out of the gate, man. That'd be, that'd be fun to watch. But if yeah, they and, didn't, then that's a terrible look. On Atlanta, I, I, yes. <laughs> I will say, you know, the point you guys made about the Pelicans and and the addition of of Valanchunas, it should be good. It should be. But I feel like it's not because Valanchunas, while he is, he does extend out further than Steven Adams did. He still is a big man that loves to be in the paint. And that is horrible if you have someone like Zion. So my my guess is it's going to clog the paint. They're going to disappoint yet again. And this time next year, Zion may be one of those disgruntled stars. Because we get it every every offseason. There's always at least one disgruntled star that wants to get traded. There's already a bit of uh, some animosity there with his family and the Pelicans organization. I, I'm I'm going to throw my hot take out there and, that, and say that he's the, the big superstar next year that wants out after another disappointing season. And uh, here's hoping that leads to him, you know, ending up somewhere else and... Maybe even Nikhil Alexander Walker makes his way to Toronto. I don't know. We that's my, a good big man. <laughs> that's my hottish take on on the Pels. And uh, who's uh, who's most likely going to be in a different jersey next season? Zion Williams or Damian Lillard? 
The safer bet is to say Dame because he's, the clock's ticking on him. He's 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 getting up there in age and yeah, Dame time the, is almost finished. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the new Dame time is Damian Warner. Um, so I think that he's officially okay. now the 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 holder of Dame time. So yeah, yeah. Lillard Lillard needs I, new act, man. There you go. All right. Well, they I, like I said before. Free agency is not even done yet. Um, there's some also uh, other breaking news. Uh, Kevin Durant has re-signed with the or signed an extension with the uh, Brooklyn Nets for years, 198 million dollars. And that's almost Russell, 50 a year. 50 million crazy. a year. That's that's crazy. I think that's the the most, the highest. The highest contract. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Curry did something similar. Like all the guys who are getting their contract extensions now, their their numbers are through the roof. That's crazy. That's crazy. And Justice Winslow, speaking of Brooklyn, has agreed to a two year deal. Oh, not not Brooklyn. I apologize. Justice Winslow has agreed to a two year deal with the Los Angeles Clippers. If he can uh, stay healthy, that's a steal. If he can stay yeah, healthy, but yeah. he's well, always been Ka- injured. Knowing that Kawhi is not going to be playing in the beginning of the year. Uh, Justice Winslow might fill in that, and I'm not saying that he's going to be a Kawhi like, but I mean he's he's a pretty he's a pretty good young talent. So this is this is the thing about doing a podcast. This this news keeps on trickling in, and I know that myself, uh, I know that you guys have the the Woj notifications going on, and it keeps on dinging, it keeps on dinging. So we're hoping to see something else possibly happening uh with the Raptors because we still don't know what the signing trade is with with Kyle Kyle. Uh, you know, at this moment while we're recording. So when it does happen, we'll definitely tweet about it. But until then, that's a lot of talking about basketball. So, Dre, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs and follow my field editorial and review website from Spital, F-I-O-M-S, F-A-K-L-E.com, those spaces. My top 100 music videos of all time just got released last week. And my big article on Game of Thrones, where I discuss it in my Perfect Perception series, I uh, came out last Friday, so check those out. I also do a podcast called The Pay Cut, where we discuss movies, so check that out as well. Jay, where can we find you? You can find uh, my writing and this podcast on Raptors HQ. Uh, find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, often, uh, this has been a week of television appearances for some reason, so um, you can find me on, as, on Twitter as Rosalisaurus. And I'm going to use this sign-off to poke a little bit more fun at the Lakers and say that they're obviously looking for some sort of divine intervention because they have now signed a nun and a oh shoot they had a pope no wait they gave up on a pope and they got a nun and a oh and a monk and a monk crap I totally messed that up can I say that again yeah I'm going to use this sign off to poke a little bit more fun at the Lakers and say that they are obviously looking for some divine intervention, picking up a monk and a nun to replace the Pope that they just lost. So I guess good luck to you, Lakers. <laughs> yeah, that, that spiritual awakening. And you can find all of us on That's Rap Podcast. Again, we don't know uh, the details when it comes to the sign trade with Kyle Lowry, but we will let you know. Follow us there, That's Rap Pod on Twitter. And you can find my work, again, of course, on this podcast and also at the WNBA Podcast, the pickup with uh, with our friends Freddie and Catherine. Uh, so check it, check me out there. But until then, Raptors fans, he stay Masai Ujiri. Thank God. That's a rep. And with Kyle Lowry gone... The average ass radius of Toronto has gone down significantly. Another <laughs> loss. 
We are going to miss your booty, Lowry. We are going to miss your booty. 